everyone. You're listening to the Keeping It Real with Janine podcast, and I'm Janine Strong. I am very happy to have Lonnie Galera return for another conversation. Lonnie is a courage coach, freedom fighter, and CEO of the Lionheart Publishing Company. She's also a former professional Hollywood stunt woman. She helps inspire, empower, and encourage others to believe in their sovereign freedom. If you'd like to hear my first conversation with Lonnie, Speaking Truth to Power, go to episode 139 at realjanine.com. Alani has written a series of books called The Brave, and I have to say I've really been enjoying them. I like to read a chapter or two um, every night before I fall asleep. It's nice to be inspired by people who are standing up, speaking out, and uh, doing what they can to help us all become awake and aware. Hi, Lani. How are you? Hi, Janine. Thank you very much for having me here. And I'm very happy to hear that you are enjoying the brave courage during COVID um, because that's exactly why I produced this brave series is to help inspire and encourage people to be brave in the face of government corruption and tyranny. So I'm glad you're enjoying the book. Yeah, I am. Why don't you just talk a little bit about the series before we get into you know, okay. whatever we decide to get into. <laughs> right. Okay. So just briefly, last year, um, I set out to teach people how to be brave because I am a courage coach. And uh, I started courage coaching in 2017. But when the pandemic hit and everyone fell into fear, I started looking around me and I thought, how am I going to inspire these people to be brave and find that courage within themselves right now? And the answer came to me very quickly. Um, I thought that if I could share stories of other people who are being very brave, and if people could resonate with those stories of everyday, regular people who are standing up and making a difference, they would be inspired to take action that was in alignment with their own values and beliefs. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's what I did. And the very first book that I came out with is a collaborative book. There are 20 stories of freedom fighters and truth seekers and some of the um, more prominent uh, people across the country that are standing up. So, so the first book is called The Brave Courage During COVID. And I have some really strong, powerful stories from the Canadian frontline nurses, mm -hmm. from uh, Susan Stanfield, who was at the forefront of uh, the freedom movement mm -hmm. in Vancouver in 2020. And I have um, some stories from Tanya Gaw, who is the president and CEO of Action for Canada, and all of the work that she's been doing. She's been incredibly brave as well. Yeah, all of these stories are, they're meant to inspire and empower people and to let people know that if you want to be brave, you can be because they, they can resonate with these stories. Some of them are from everyday, ordinary moms that are standing up for their children mm -hmm. um, that don't want to get vaccinated. Yeah, so that's the brave courage during COVID. And I made the book green because it comes... Courage comes from the heart. So it's meant to activate the heart chakra. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And then the second book is called The Brave Speaking Truth to Power. And it's some of the strongest voices across the country that are countering the mainstream media narrative. So uh, we've got like Sean Druthers. Mm -hmm. or, no, sorry. Sean Jason from <laughs> Druthers. <laughs> right. The Druthers paper. Right. <laughs> yeah. So he shares his story of why he started up this new national counter narrative newspaper and how successful he's been sharing the truth and his, the challenges that he's gone through. And then I've also got a couple more of the Canadian frontline nurses. I even have a 17 year old girl. Callie, who um, really stood up in her school because she didn't want to wear a mask. And she ended up sharing her story from a 17-year-old to inspire other girls the same age to be brave. 
and to stand up for what you believe in. That was a really powerful nice, story. Nice, well. nice. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to be older to stand up. It doesn't make any difference what age you are. That's right. You know, and I think this is a really important uh, point because I'm pretty sure, I may be wrong, but, you know, unless something changes drastically, uh, I'm pretty sure that when fall comes around, you know, they're going to try to get everybody to wear masks again and close businesses and, you know, get more shots. Really, standing up and saying no is very, very powerful. Yeah. I mean, I know of cities that have done it, school boards, um, kids in school just walking out or, 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 you know, or just taking masks off and saying no. I mean, in countries, right, that where they back down, yeah. there's way more of us than there are this controlling group, whoever, you know, the tip of the pyramid is. Yeah. Um, and if enough people do say no, it, it works. And right. it's just people have become so fearful. Right. And, you know, I think we've all got to put our big boy and big girl pants on and, and, you know, stand up for our freedoms and our rights. Absolutely. And this is what I'm so passionate about doing, especially um, over the next couple months, because, uh, you know, a lot of things could happen in the world and um, mm -hmm. in with the whole entire situation before then. But um, a lot of people are saying that come next fall, when the flu season hits again, they're going to try and pull the same thing again, like you just mentioned. But before then, I want to reach as many people as I can with my books, and I want to inspire them to be brave so that next fall, when they have a choice to make, they make a choice. You always have a choice of either fear or love. Mm -hmm. And if we can just reach them and teach them how to be brave, then they can make a courageous choice and choose love instead of fear, instead of going along with it the way that they did last time. Maybe we can empower them with information and examples of other people who are being brave so that um, when the situation arises and they're given an opportunity to stand up for themselves, they take it with courage mm -hmm. and passion. Mm -hmm. You know, I just thought of something and for many people, maybe it's not an aha, but fear, I would imagine comes from the mind and love comes from the heart. Right? Yes. Fear is a false narrative, false evidence appearing real. There's mm -hmm. many different ways of, um, acronyms for fear. But fear is always a lie. And courage and love, obviously, they come from the heart. Mm -hmm. So back to speaking truth to power, this is blue, because it activates the throat chakra, and it helps people find their voice to stand up and to speak out against government corruption and medical tyranny. And that could mean that they go to their school board and they say, no, my child is not wearing a mask. And no, um, they start to confront the people who are in positions of power and um, they start to hold them accountable for all of their atrocities and their crimes against humanity. So that was the second book, really powerful stories in there as well. That's the one I'm actually on right now. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yes. And then the third book that just came out a couple weeks ago is called The Brave Ascending Human Consciousness. And these are all stories of people who are healers, empaths, um, shamans, oracles, intuitives, and what they're doing is they're helping humanity heal, elevate their frequency, and expand their awareness so that they can wake up. Because nice. the waking up process has a lot to do with our own individual journey. And it doesn't have anything to do with religion, but it does have to do with connecting to our own inner guidance mm -hmm. and our own mm -hmm. soul connection. So um, th this book, The Brave Ascending Human Consciousness, is meant to activate the third eye, but it's also meant to help expand our awareness, heal from past trauma, and elevate our frequency so that the collective can, the collective frequency on the planet can elevate 
And I don't know if you're familiar with the Schumann resonance. The Schumann oh, yes. resonance has been going up, up, right. up, up. As, and this is part of the great awakening, great awakening of humanity. Lani, do you know where it is right now? I know that for a long time it was at 7.8. No, I don't know where it is. I just know that it's going up. Mm-hmm. And it has to go up because this is how we elevate into a higher frequency and a higher dimension of reality, right. which is the fifth dimension. Mm-hmm. And the fifth dimension, and people think that it's not a place or anything like that. It's it's a it's a perception, it's a reality, it's a paradigm, and it's a dimension that is all about love, compassion, unity, prosperity, abundance, all of these higher vibrations and emotions. They all dwell in the fifth dimension. Mm-hmm. And the, for, for any of your listeners that aren't familiar with the third dimension, the third dimension is very materialistic and superficial and ego-minded, ego-driven. So it has a lot more to do with fear and control, um, manipulation. Hollywood is all about 3D, how they, they get you to idolize these figures and look up to them give all of your, pay your attention to them and give your money to them. Mm-hmm. Like they are put up on a pedestal and um, yeah, it's almost like black magic, the way that, that Hollywood influences the masses mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. the whole purpose of that. So that's very 3D. Whenever you're caught in a fear narrative, that's very 3D. Okay. So the third um, book is all about ascending into 5D. Hmm. Okay. Why don't you say some more about that? Right. Okay. And then, um, well, actually, I wanted to just mention the the fourth book, Mm -hmm. which is in alignment with that as well. And you're going to love this one. I don't know if I've already told you about it, but um, it's going to be called The Brave Manifesting New Earth. And it's all about our powers of manifestation, visualization, and um, our ability to co-create the future and the new earth the way that it should have been all along, the way that it should have been for thousands of years and for all of our lives. We were never meant to be in this 3D matrix, this system of control and slavery. Human beings were never meant to be slaves. We were meant to be sovereign and free, and we were meant to be abundant and healthy. Do you know that humans were meant to live a lot longer than 100 years old? Yes, in watching Cosmic Disclosure, um, mm-hmm. what did he say? Three, four, five, six hundred years. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we've been suppressed and we've been poisoned and toxified. And, you know, the dark forces have done everything to keep humanity from rising and from elevating their frequency and from living longer because according to them we're all useless eaters and mm-hmm. they they want to suppress humanity and actually turn us into ai so yeah. the fourth book manifesting new earth is going to be about all of the possibilities and the opportunities that we need to be we need to start focusing on because Um, I'm sure you know about Manifestation 101, wherever you put your focus, that is what you end up attracting into your life. And that's what you end up experiencing. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm a master manifester and I know exactly how it works. And I want to encourage people to stop focusing on the fear narratives, stop focusing on the dark agenda and open your eyes to the possibilities and the opportunities that are waiting for us when we all start putting our attention towards manifesting the new earth that we all deserve and we all want. And that includes, like like you you know, um, med beds and over 6,000 new technologies that are really exciting that have been kept from humanity. Um, it includes peace on earth. And normally when I say that, people kind of scoff a little bit. But no, that is a possibility and that is happening. There is peace on earth. It's called the golden age of humanity. And it's been prophesized and foretold in over 30 different religions around the world and religions and cultures. So 
the golden age of humanity, the fifth dimension, the age of Aquarius, all of these things. This is coming. Also, we're going to have a new financial system. We mm -hmm. are stepping away from the Federal Reserve and the mm -hmm. uh, central banking system. We're, we are going to have um, a new way of producing food. Uh, we're going to be more self-reliant, more self-sufficient. We're going to be growing our own food. Um, you know, flying cars and 3D printers, all of these things have been around for decades. The technology has been there, but we weren't allowed to have it because we're just slaves under the eyes of the dark forces that have been controlling us our entire lives. It amazes me how much technology now is finally starting to come out and and uh, things that I've been hearing about from people who you know, have, have been part of these different programs that have gotten technology from the ETs. And I mean, it's incredible to me what is out there that we have not been privy to. That's right. Um, one of the things that I think is amazing, and I've really been enjoying these uh, conversations on cosmic disclosure that Emery Smith has been having with this gentleman named Tim. Uh, very down to earth. There's nothing sensationalized. It's it. it I, I really do feel he's totally authentic. And yeah. he said he had a conversation once with uh, uh, somebody that he works with. And I forget what they were talking about. But the guy said that the technology exists to clean up the entire planet yep. in three days. Three freaking days. I have also heard about this. Yes. And they're holding it back. Cleaning up the oceans. Mm -hmm. cleaning. So all of this crisis, uh, climate crisis talk, it is all part of another dark agenda. And it's all about control. And it's all about suppressing humanity. And just putting us in our little places and having us locked down. But when you know about all the dark agendas, you can stop focusing on them and start focusing on the possibilities and the opportunities that are waiting for us. And there are a lot. And I talk about the good things coming all the time because when we talk about it, we're helping to manifest it. We're helping to put that vision in people's minds. Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing about the dark agenda is that they have a multi-million dollar propaganda and media machine behind all of their dark agendas. Which the t our taxes are paying for. That's right. Yes. Well, the positive agendas and all the good things coming, they don't have any advertising program. Actually, nobody knows about them. So that's why it's so important that we share this information and these stories so people can start focusing on the direction that we all want to go mm -hmm. and start moving away from that 3D matrix. I call it exiting the matrix. Mm -hmm. And Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so, and, and we all can do it. It doesn't mean that we have to run into the mountains and go live off, um, <laughs> you know, be that kind of self-sufficient and rely it. It just means that we have to unplug ourselves from all of the systems of control that are all around us, including the schooling system is an indoctrination program. Right. It, I would highly recommend that anybody take their kids out of school. Absolutely. The things that they're teaching them Parents are going to have to unteach their kids. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah, the indoctrination system of school and then the medical system, um, the hospital system, all of mm -hmm. that. If, mm -hmm. if there are still people, doctors and nurses that are working in hospitals and going along with the COVID lie, then they're actually going along with a depopulation and genocide program. So how are you going to trust these people? Mm -hmm. I find it very difficult to trust doctors or nurses myself. Right. I agree. And for those who are interested in this topic, um, I recently interviewed Dr. Cami Benton. I've had her on before. She talks about like these amazing people that just, when she really had her vision clear, they just started coming to her. People who, who uh, designed hospitals, people who did the electric for hospitals, people who were uh, architects. She's working on uh, a whole new system for wellness, 
Right. And and she said it, what she envisions is like a menu where if you want to have your chiropractor come in or your acupuncturist or your massage therapist or whoever you, you know, you feel can help support your getting better faster. She even said like in the ICU, each bed would have a door to an outside, uh, like an outside deck where they can get sun and fresh air for a while. And, and she's collecting doctors and nurses, healthcare professionals. Um, she really has a vision. And I think she's, she's in North Carolina. So that's where like the first satellite would be. And then she wants to expand all of this. But right, she got out of the oh, what I want to say, kind of the traditional allopathic way mm-hmm. of medicine. Right. I mean, she's got a big vision, but boy, she's attracting the people to her. So I said, you're on, you're obviously doing your mission, girl. (laughs) Absolutely. You know what? Um, And I just did a couple interviews with the Canadian frontline nurses Mm -hmm. and they let me know what they were up to. And it's pretty amazing, their vision for the new paradigm of healthcare. So they want to take healthcare out of the hospitals and bring it back into the home Mm -hmm. so that they have these nurses that have walked away from the Western medicine and hospital system. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to bring those nurses in that actually are staying true to their oath and they care about people and care about helping them heal. So they want to bring nurses back into, you know, before we had hospitals, children were born at home yeah. and old folks died at home surrounded mm-hmm. by their, their family and loved ones. Absolutely. And the palliative care was at home. So they want to bring these healing services back into the home so that they can help, not just help people heal, but help people heal themselves. Because it really is a, a personal and internal journey of healing whatever physical ailment you might have there is a natural way of healing it and most often you are capable of healing yourself and it has a lot to do with the choices that you're making Mm -hmm. and the toxins you're putting into your body Mm -hmm. and you know ending certain bad habits that are are making you sick so a lot of times people are Um, capable of healing themselves, but they're also more responsible for healing themselves. Nobody can heal you, but they can help you heal yourself. Mm -hmm. And that is where the Canadian frontline nurses are really focusing all of their attention and their vision for the new paradigm of healthcare in Canada. I think it's absolutely amazing. Well, I'm glad to hear that because it's funny that you should say that because when I worked as an RN, the my favorite job was as a visiting nurse. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I really felt like I was keeping people out of the hospital, out of the nursing home. I could really spend quality time with them. I could yeah. go through their fridge and their cupboards and do a lot of nutrition education. You yeah. know, I mean, you're really, you're there in the environment that the person lives in and you can do so much to support and improve it. And I just, you know, I really felt like I was making a positive difference. Right. I would feel the same way too, if I had the opportunity to help people heal in that way. Um, but in the hospitals, all they're doing is they're masking all of their symptoms with different medications, which in turn have different side effects. Mm-hmm. So um, it's kind of the exact opposite. People are just getting sicker when they go to hospitals. And actually, with everything going on in the world right now, um, there are a lot of people who are going into hospitals and not coming back out. Because yes. in some situations, they're actually killing them. I know. So how do you trust any kind of system like that where they're going along with a a global depopulation program? I know it's uh, it it is absolute criminal. I have heard so many people relate stories of trying to get loved ones, friends out of the hospital mm-hmm. so that they could actually get better and how difficult it was and how I remember listening to this one gentleman saying he he tried so hard and and the people in the hospital just said no he's staying here and he's dying that's it you're not getting him out how horrible I I I just I'm like what happened Mm -hmm. what happened to the concept of do no harm what happened to 
the concept of compassion and wanting to help people. I, you know, I don't know. And who gave, whoever gave them permission to take away your bodily sovereignty and the choice to have a treatment or not? Like who gave them permission to, to, to state whether or not somebody was leaving a hospital or what they were, what kind of medical procedures were being performed on them? Mm Mm-hmm. I just want, I, oh, I wish I would have saved it. It's in Telegram somewhere. But it was, um, it was a list of each state in the United States and the amount of money that was given per COVID patient in the hospital. Right. And it ranged from uh, maybe like around 100000 to over 300000 for each patient wow. that was diagnosed as COVID. And one person that I, I I don't know, I talked to so many people, one person was saying that when somebody comes in with whatever, uh, you know, whatever reason they're in for, they get a COVID test, if it comes back negative, they do another COVID test, and they up the cycles until it's a positive test, then they go to the COVID ward. And I don't know where this was, but this was this was what this person knew about excuse me. And then they're put on midazolam. And then of course, that makes them worse. So then they end up on a ventilator and remdesivir. And, you know, usually they die. That's so horrible. I I hope that either on this side of the veil or the other side of the veil, (laughs) that these people will um, get some kind have some kind of retribution, because it's... I mean, my mind can't even understand at all how anyone can do this. Right. Well, I mean, well, that's an interesting topic that you bring up. Mm -hmm. Um, Various sides of the veils, right? And Mm -hmm. from my perspective, and this is where I kind of shift my perspective, because now we're talking about the other side. We're actually talking about soul contracts. Right. It's my understanding that when a person passes away, whether it be um, intentional or not, suicide or not, whenever they pass away, that was Mm pre-contracted. And uh, so uh, all of those people who are passing away by being in the hospital, by, you know, that was already pre-contracted and and pre-decided before they even came here. So this is a really hard concept to grasp, but... It makes, you know, sometimes it makes me understand that those people have to experience that so that the rest of us can wake up to that kind of corruption. Right. Well, and also it's my understanding that that when we're choosing our life and, you know, kind of what the parameters are going to be, that we've all, we all made the choice before we came in as to whether or not we were going to take the jab. Right. And that's helped me to let go more on that, you know, that it's it's like, well, you know, that's for some reason, that's what your choice was, you know, right. and who am I to question that? Right. And you know how I know, you know why I believe that so strongly? Because um, there are people in my life that I love very, very much. And I've been speaking out against this medical fraud, fake pandemic hoax. I've been speaking out ab- against it since day one, since March 2020. Mm-hmm. And um, there are people very close to me that couldn't hear me. And it doesn't matter what I said, what information I gave them, they couldn't hear me because they had already made up their mind and they had already made their choice. And it's like we're on different levels of awareness. And I often think of the analogy of, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm standing on the top of a mountain and I'm screaming out to the masses. I'm trying to warn them. I'm trying to give them information. I'm trying to help them. But they can't hear me because they haven't started their own climb. They mm. haven't started doing their own work, whether it's personal growth work, spiritual work, whatever. They haven't started elevating their own frequency and consciousness, so they can't hear a word I'm saying. But the people who start their journey and they start doing the work and they start healing and they start um, you know, pursuing their own um, values and beliefs and 
they're getting closer to me so they can start to hear me. And then they're drawn to me because of the information that I share. But the people down on the ground, they're just carrying about, um, they might see a crazy lady on a mountaintop waving her arms, but they can't hear me. And that's mm-hmm. why, mm-hmm. that's why. But, you know, I, I, what I've really found is that there is, from my, from what I've seen, it doesn't matter how intelligent you are. It doesn't matter how heart-centered and loving and giving you are. It doesn't matter how spiritual you are. It just seems like there's no, um, you know, I can't put like somebody who decides to get the jab and keep getting them. I, I can't, I can't cubbyhole them. You know, right. because it's it's across all. It seems like across all um, types of 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 people and and frequencies. You know, right. And when you say cubbyhole, what do you mean? I can't say. Well, you know, the people who are into getting the jab, they're they're not very smart, or they're not. You know, they're not this, or they're not that, or they are this or that. Because oh, it's, no. it it's so variable. It is. It really is. But the one thing that they have in common is they're all very susceptible to mind control. And people who Mm -hmm. are susceptible to mind control and that kind of programming, it's like they've given up a certain amount of their own free will. They're not making their own choices because they're being programmed by the mainstream media that is fear-mongering and casting these black magic spells on the masses. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, the only thing those those people have in common is that they um, are susceptible to mind control. And that means that maybe they believe everything that the news reporter says, or maybe they believe everything that their doctor says, or, and they've been very strongly and heavily programmed their entire lives to look up to and respect authority figures. Um, we're all indoctrinated in this way in school. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, they all come from different walks of life. There are different levels of consciousness, different levels of intelligence, different levels of awareness. But if they're going along with the dark agenda, if they've decided to inject poison into their body, it's because they are believing what the authority figures are telling them, or they believe that they have to do that in order to travel or in order to keep their job or in order to to be accepted in society. And that means that they're giving away a certain amount of their own free will. And they're very susceptible to societal programming and mind control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's too bad. Although I I have been coming across more and more people now who got usually one or two shots, and they say, that's it, I'm, I'm done. I'm not doing any more of this. And I wish, I wish I wouldn't have gotten any now, Right, you know, and those are most, a lot of those are people who did it right in the beginning before there was a lot of information coming out, you know, right. because we didn't know and they felt they were doing a good thing. Most of those people that I know now they wish they wouldn't have done it at all. And they said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not getting any more. Did you hear that Bonnie Henry is talking about a fourth shot now? Oh, yeah. Yes. Fourth shot. Well, I don't watch the news, so everything... I I don't either. I just, I get stuff on Telegram or non-mainstream things that I I subscribe to. And this kind of blows me away. So does that mean that people are still falling for this narrative? I guess. And I'm sure there'll be another one in the fall. Now, when I interviewed Chris Skye, he said he thought that Bill Gates would be announcing at this TED Talk uh, that's coming up on April 10th, that he would probably be announcing a new, quote unquote, vaccine that you had to get once a year. I've also seen that the possibility that it would be bundled up with a flu shot or something like that. I just can't believe that there's a certain percentage or amount of people out there that are still uh, falling for anything that comes out of that puppet's mouth. Well, you know, I I also, if you look at, now I'm not quite sure how many doses uh, happen up here, but with with childhood vaccines, in the States, it's up to 72 doses by the time you're 18. Oh my God. Now, how... To me, I'm like, how can anybody think that that's good? Why do you think your body is so frail that you have to have 
all of this, well, it's poison as far as I'm concerned, put into your body. And, you know, and people, well, I I don't know, people trust their doctor, but even as a doctor, why would you, why wouldn't you question? I mean, I know when I got, and I've said this before on the podcast, when I got out of nursing school, I did work in a peds office for a while and I did give vaccines because I didn't know any better. right? Right. But then I started learning and reading and I thought, oh my God, this is horrible. But you know, the way you're trained when you're in school, you you know, unless you've got an instructor who questions. Right. And you know, last time I was on your podcast, I brought up a webinar that Bill Gates gave, I think it was in 2008 or 2010 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sent you those videos. Did you receive them? Uh, I don't remember. Because um, the purpose of the vid- the the webinar, Bill Gates was giving a talk to, mm-hmm. it might have even been like CIA agents, or I don't know who they were, but he was describing a vaccine that he was uh, researching and experimenting with that would eliminate spiritual extremists. So it was like a vaccine mm-hmm. against spirituality. He said that it was important to do that so that they didn't have any more terrorists and spiritual extremists or religious extremists. With all of those people who are taking in all of those vaccines, you have to know and believe and understand that all of that toxins and heavy metals and all of that garbage in the body is definitely suppressing the pineal gland and suppressing our own connection to our higher self-guidance and our own soul um, connection. It is. And um, that's what his entire plan was from the beginning. He wanted to disconnect people from their own intuition, instincts, higher self-guidance, their own clear senses, um, because Mm -hmm. every human on the planet is born with all of these abilities. And that those vaccines with all of the garbage and all of the heavy metals that they're putting into our bodies, it's preventing us from ascending in consciousness. So, Mm -hmm. and that's also making people more susceptible to mind control, to programming. I mean, eventually, if people just keep on getting all of these vaccines in their body, they're going to be AI before they know it. While you were talking, Lonnie, I went back and I looked. And yes, there's a link to click on uh, that says Bill Gates briefing CIA. So I did put that on there. Yeah. Now to really get far out for people, this isn't for me, but it's far out for a lot of people. One of the things that uh, on this Cosmic Disclosure series that Tim says quite a few times is that, and I believe it's the Dracos that did this, he calls it an installation. Now you have to remember he's German. He's with a covert German group that he's like a tactical advisor for uh, contact with ETs. And he said that he calls it an installation around the planet meant to keep us from living as long as we should Mm -hmm. and meant to keep humans from really becoming the amazing souls, spirits that they should be really to keep us down. And he said that it has been in the process of being dismantled and it's being dismantled right now. So whether you think that's cuckoo or what, at least it's being dismantled right now. To me, that is also a really positive sign of of the ability for things to move forward in a positive direction for humanity. Right. Well, I don't think it's cuckoo at all because it's absolutely (laughs) everything that my third book is about. The Brave Mm -hmm. Ascending Human Consciousness is about helping people elevate their um, vibration and consciousness and awareness so that they can be the divine souls and and have that divine um, intuition and guidance that we all have, we've just been disconnected from. So I don't think it's cuckoo at all. That's exactly <laughs> what what I talk about is helping people ascend in consciousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought I'd bring it up because it's kind of, it's another aspect to you know, like everything that's been going on. Right. And I like to look at this from as many different perspectives as possible and kind of bring them all in and see how they, you know, how they relate to each other. Do they negate each other or do they support each other? It helps me to see 
a bigger picture. Right. Right. And that's why you're going to absolutely love the brave ascending human consciousness, because it's 20 stories, 20 different perspectives, 20 different ways of healing humanity, different healing modalities, um, different um, stories and experiences of, you know, calling upon Mm -hmm. Archangel Mm -hmm. Michael or utilizing uh, our dragons, calling upon our dragons, or activating our spiritual guidance, or connecting to our own higher self. Like, all of these stories are really, really powerful. And I feel like every person in the book is doing exactly what they came here to do. They're all stepping into their calling, and myself included. Like, this is what I am passionate about. This is why I'm here, to help inspire and encourage and empower people to be brave during one of the greatest fear-mongering, fake pandemic hoaxes, uh, government control lie um, in the history of the planet. So I'm, I definitely feel like Um, You know, there's different words for it. Some people call it lightworkers or starseeds or, you know, all of these different titles. But I feel like I've completed a lot of my karmic cycles and I've stepped into my dharma. And I share a story in the book called Dancing Mm. with Dharma. And Mm. it's all about answering the call and stepping onto your divine path with purpose and passion. Nice. So it sounds like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I because I obviously I haven't read the book yet, but it sounds like there may be more in this book of, uh, how do I want to say, sort of like teachings or how to besides stories. Um, yes, but they're all sharing their own p- personal experience, but some of them are breathwork mm-hmm. facilitators mm-hmm. or oracles. So they all have their own teaching, but then they they explain to you how they arrived at that teaching Great. from their Great. own experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, actually all of the books, uh, The Brave One and Two, Speaking Truth to Power, they're all sharing their own personal experience and then the lessons that they learned and the challenges that they overcame mm-hmm. by being mm-hmm. brave. Right. Now, yeah. I'm just curious because uh, there are many different variations on a theme of for life coaching. How did you come up with Courage Coach? Well, I mean, life coach is pretty broad, right? Right. Um, I'm, you know, personally in my life, I've had uh, uh, fitness coaches, I've had health coaches, life coaches, business coaches, marketing coaches, dating coaches, relationship coaches, <laughs> nutritional coaches. I've had all sorts of coaches. So I know the value of um, getting advice and coaching from somebody who has a, a lot more experience than me. Because I was a stunt woman in TV and film for 20 years, I basically fell down for a living for 20 years. Mm. And in the process of doing that, I overcame almost every physical fear that you can imagine. I was jumping off buildings, 200 feet off buildings. I was, you know, fighting off five monsters at once and being fully lit on fire on a runaway horse carriage. You know, I overcame a lot of my physical fears, but then I also overcame all of my fears, my emotional fears of um, putting myself out there, rejection, um, judgment, criticism, my fear of acting, my fear of public speaking, my fear of, you know, all of these things. I was confronted with all of them in the film, working in the film industry. And I mm-hmm. kind of developed my own process for addressing and overcoming fears and then the valuable lessons that you can take away from overcoming your fear. Because at the end of the day, the the hardest thing, um, the only thing to fear is the actual fear itself. So mm-hmm. I started Courage Coaching in 2017 and I, I did a number of workshops and courage camps for kids. Oh, nice. Yeah, where I would teach kids how to feel the fear in their body, the physiology of fear, and then the reason that they were feeling that fear, and then the mindset behind developing uh, a courageous, um, making courageous choices. And then we'd talk about it. I had these coloring books, and and then we would go to Rope Runner 
which is uh, a 60 foot aerial obstacle course where the kids mm. could very safely face some of their fears and have fun. And cool. yeah, they absolutely loved it. But what I learned is that children, the younger they are, the more fearless they are. Mm -hmm. And the reason mm -hmm. for that is that they, they, they simply haven't had enough experience and enough time to develop any fears. It wasn't very um, hard for me to teach them um, how to be brave because they were fearless. <laughs> and <laughs> So have you written a book on how to overcome fear? I mean, that would seem like right up your alley if you haven't done that. Well, I do have my Lionheart Activation Journal. It's to build a brave and abundant mindset. So a lot of it is internal work that we're doing. And you can, mm -hmm. you can learn a lot of your own lessons by journaling because all of the answers to everything are already within you. But the, mm -hmm. the book is all about journaling prompts to help people bring out the answers themselves. And, um, and that's why I started the Brave Book series because uh, the very first chapter in Courage during COVID is my chapter and it's called A Course in Courage. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's a, a brief like explanation of like, um, what I believed that the entire book series was about and how to face and overcome your fears from my my own experience. But aside from the, the book series, which I've been extremely busy with for the past year, <laughs> um, I haven't written another book specifically about overcoming fears. Mm -hmm. Okay. And just for everyone, I did post it on the webpage from Lonnie's last conversation, but I'll, I will post it again is her stunt reel because just in case anybody doubts <laughs> you know, what she's talking about, it's pretty cool. It's, it's very fun. I made sure I, I had my husband come and I said, you got to watch this. This is really cool. <laughs> it was, you know, a lot of people think that being a stunt woman is like this dream career. And don't get me wrong, I loved my career for 20 years. I was a stunt woman falling down for a living. But um, there's a lot of bruises. There's a lot I was going to say, yeah. you must, of, did you break anything? No, knock on wood, no. I never broke anything. Wow. But I lost a lot of hair. And oh. um, I had a lot of road rash, a lot of bruises, a lot of sore muscles. Um, the training is pretty extensive. It was really hard on my body, but I took really good care of myself. So I never sustained any major injuries, but mm -hmm. um, I did burn a lot of hair, <laughs> <laughs> which is a personal injury for me. I like my hair a lot. Um, yeah, you have you have very nice hair, I have to say. Yeah, and I, <laughs> That's funny. I mean, after I burnt my hair off one time, I had to have hair extensions for a year because I just mm. my hair just went poof in an explosion that was a lot wow. bigger than what we had planned. And You it sounds like you were lucky it was just your hair. Yeah, well, I mean, I was covered in Nomex and fire gel and I was prepared to jump through a window with um a fireball chasing me, but it didn't end up chasing me, and um, it ended up engulfing me in a fireball. Jeez! And my hair was down at the time, even though we sprayed a fire gel in it. Um, I wasn't actually planning on being in a fireball, <laughs> mm -hmm. and anything mm -hmm. flying in the wind as I jumped through a window was just burnt. And when I landed on the ground, uh, the stunt coordinator, the first thing he said to me, he said, don't move because I was covered in glass. And then he oh. said, don't worry, we can buy you a wig. <laughs> <laughs> and that was obviously devastating. So I had, is oh. I had issues with fire. I didn't want to burn any more hair. And the very mm -hmm. last fire job that I did... This is just a little side note. I don't know in case anybody's interested. When they asked me to do this full body burn, I said, yes, but I'm not using my real hair. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they said, okay, fine. But they had me on a runaway horse carriage. So I had uh, a fake wig. I had a hair cap and everything. I had fire gel, Nomex. And I was on this horse carriage by myself. They lit me on fire. I'd never done a full burn like this before. I'd only done partial burns. They lit me on fire, and then they got the horse running along the road. So I was by myself, 
And what I didn't expect was that I wouldn't, first of all, I, I can't see anything. There's a wall of fire in front of me, so I can't mm, see anything. Mm -hmm. And second mm. of all, I didn't think that it would be that hard for me to breathe. And as I, oh. I put my head up and I was just sipping a little bit of air as I could, had my eyes closed because it was a wall of fire. And then when they stopped the carriage and... Um, I came out and they put me out on the ground. I could smell burnt hair. And I was like, oh my God, I can smell burnt hair. And I was so upset. And um, it turns out that the hair inside my nose, because the fire oh, was going inside mm -hmm. my nose, it burnt all the hair inside my nose. Mm -hmm. And that's why mm -hmm. I could smell burnt hair. Wow. Well, that, I mean, I'm glad you talked about that because to me, that is a perfect example of courage in overcoming fear. I mean, you had one bad experience, right, with fire, yep. yet you were willing to go back in and, and, you know, as they say, you fall off the horse, you get right back on. Right. Yep. Yeah. And I, like every stunt was a different stunt. Every you know, I had to overcome a lot of fears, a lot of physical fears in different ways, whether it was me falling out of a tree from 40 feet with a 40 pound camera rig on my head. Oh, jeez. <laughs> or if it was like me jumping off a building 200 feet in the air or, oh, wow. you know, doing a simulated base jump, all of these things. I had never done them before. And that's the thing about stunts is that it's not you're not necessarily doing something that you've practiced and rehearsed all of your life and become really good at. Mm, you're mm -hmm. doing things that are dangerous because nobody's done them before. Lonnie, I don't think we talked about this in the last conversation. How did you become a stunt woman? Well, um, I became a stunt woman in 2001 after I got off the cruise ships. I was, I was a fitness instructor on cruise ships and I traveled okay. around the world for three years. And then when 9-11 happened, I came back home and um, I've always been extremely active. I was a gymnast when I was younger and okay. I started going back to adult drop-in gymnastics. Okay. And when I was there one night, I was watching, I was on the trampoline by myself, but across the gym, I watched two women and they were, they were fighting. And I just went up to them and I said, what are you guys doing? And they said, we're stunt women and we're rehearsing a fight scene. And, <laughs> and that was the first time I had ever heard those words before. Like growing up in the lower mainland of British Columbia, it's, mm -hmm. it's easy to um, forget about the fact that Vancouver and the Lower Mainland is considered Hollywood North. And there are, right. there are studios everywhere. If you're not part of the industry, like you can completely be oblivious to it. Mm -hmm. So when they told me they were stunt women, I thought, well, I can do that. And then <laughs> they told me that you should go train at this place. And then I went to that place and I met a whole bunch of other stunt people. And then I just started training everywhere. I started training gymnastics, martial arts a number of different martial arts. And I started training, you know, I got my motorcycle license, I got my advanced paddy um, scuba license, mm -hmm. I, you mm -hmm. know, I just started collecting all of these skills and abilities, because you never know, like what they're going to need and what kind of experience that they're going to. Sure. Mm -hmm. And then I also started taking acting lessons, because uh, a stunt performer is a performer. Mm -hmm. And I ended up getting my first stunt jobs in the beginning of 2002. And within that year, I ended up getting all of the credits that I needed to be a full-fledged union member with uh, mm -hmm. the, the Union of BC Performers. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been like a full-time stunt woman ever since. Well, I had been until I quit. But <laughs> um, And even saying full-time stunt performer, that just means that on average... Um, I'm self-employed and I work on a contract basis, but on average, I would work maybe five to 10 days a month. Okay. Sometimes I wouldn't work for a few months and mm -hmm. sometimes I would work for a few months straight, but mm -hmm. it was very much, you know, starving art, artist, uh, starving <laughs> artist and feast or famine and living, 
you know, from one paycheck to the next. And, you know, sometimes I did really well and I didn't know what to do with my money. So I would buy a property. And then sometimes mm -hmm. I would be struggling for a few months on end, just trying to do anything to get work. So it's not reliable or consistent work at all. Um, mm -hmm. I used to coach people actually in how to get into stunts. And I, I guess it's not for everybody, that's for sure. Well, it certainly sounds like it was an exciting time, though. And, and, you know, lots of interesting. Yeah. I just, mean, you just, you probably just never knew what was going to happen next. Exactly. Right? And it's just another one of those chapters. Like, I've had some pretty mm -hmm. interesting chapters in my life. And I would love to talk to you about some of the other chapters maybe in the next time. But. There have been sure. some really interesting chapters in my life. And my stunt career feels to me like it's a chapter that's now closed. Mm -hmm. And I've taken a lot of those skills and abilities. And I'm moving forward with my public speaking, with my um, motivational speaking, with my, as an author and a publisher and a producer. And I now have a video series that's coming out. It's called Lady Raven mm -hmm. of the Pride. It's on mm -hmm. YouTube, so I'm interviewing all of my brave authors. I think that you're going to love it. You should go check out some of those videos. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so all of these skills that I learned from working in TV and film, I'm, I'm continuing to learn more, but I'm utilizing them in a completely different way that is in alignment with my path and my purpose and mm -hmm. my passion. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I you sound we sound very similar in that way. I, I often say I've had many different lives in this lifetime. Right. <laughs> yeah. Know? Even though many of the areas may not be related, but it's the skills you're gathering, and you're always going. You know, those skills are always useful. Right. You know, no matter what you're doing. So, Lonnie, to wrap up, what would you say now? Okay, we're in 2022. Things are constantly changing. We just, we never know what the next rule or mandate or, you know, whatever is going to happen. What would you say to people to help them keep their sanity, keep their courage, right. move forward, um, not lose hope? Right. Okay, so I am a big, well, I love to encourage people because I'm a courage coach. So um, I would encourage people to really stay focused on the things that they want in their life. If you want health, abundance, prosperity, if you want all of those things, focus on the future that you want to create and stop focusing on all of the things that you don't want. Because as any mountain biker will know, when you're going downhill on a mountain bike, you're going to focus on where you want to go and you don't look at the trees. Because the second mm -hmm. you look at a tree, you're going to hit a tree. And I know that because I've done it. <laughs> but um, one of the keys of manifestation is to focus on the direction that you want to go and focus on it with visualization. Um, I don't know, have a goal list, have, um, you know, have ideas of what you want to create in your life and put all of your attention and your focus in the area and the direction that you want to go. And all of this other 3D stuff, all of that narrative is eventually going to fall away. And you're going to find yourself um, in alignment with the future that you have manifested and created for yourself. Mm -hmm. And Lonnie, do you have a technique that works for you or people that you coach when someone catches themselves? going into the negative, you know, and focusing on what they don't want, all the crap that's going on, uh, any technique to help shift that? Right. Well, personally, um, when I feel like I'm get, getting into the lower vibrations, maybe I'm stressed out, or maybe mm -hmm. I'm heartbroken. I don't know what I'm going through when I'm feeling sad, depressed, hopeless. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that I've done my whole entire life, and one of the reasons I'm such like, I love to write is I journal and I mm -hmm. journal about all of the things that are going on in my head. And once I put them down on paper, it's like freeing up all of this space in my head for me to start focusing in and bringing new information in and start creating. Um, once I get rid of all of the dark stuff by writing it down, then I make mm -hmm. more room for all of the light to come in. 
And that's one of the things that I've always done is I journal and I also meditate and I also listen Mm -hmm. to a lot of guided meditations and affirmations Mm -hmm. when I'm sleeping (laughs) Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's like programming the mind. I am of the mindset that I am a magnificent manifester. I can create absolutely anything that I put my mind to. And um, I really believe that. And I also, I like to focus on the good things coming. And I like to encourage people to, if when, once they start doing their own personal growth work, they start activating all of these other um, skills and abilities that we have, like... Um, they start listening to their intuition. Maybe they start having dreams and they start having some higher self-guidance. Like all of the answers to everything that we all need to know or have to, have ever needed to know in our lives is already within us. We just need to learn how to access that. And I mm-hmm. access that information through journaling, through meditation, and through hypnosis in affirmations while I sleep. Mm-hmm. And I would just add to that, don't beat yourself up when you do go to a dark place right. and you're feeling hopeless. It, just acknowledge it. Yeah. And then and and then I think your suggestion of writing it down, yeah. letting, you know, it's a good way to let go of it. I mean, I know I, I keep a pad of paper and a pencil by the bed, you know, when I'm thinking of things that I need to do the next day, or, you know, stuff I need to get at the grocery store, rather than having that keep me awake, because, you know, I write it down, and then I can let go of it and go back to sleep. Right. And that is exactly, that's exactly what I do. When I have things running around my head over and over and over again, writing it down makes them stop running around my head, and then frees up space for something else to occupy my mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I just thought of something I used to teach people too. This was a long time ago. So after you've written it, journaled it, tear up the paper and burn it right. and let it go and, and see, you can visualize the smoke going up to a source yep. and transforming it for highest good. Right. Uh, that is absolutely. And having said that, I've got about 30 journals upstairs in a, a trunk somewhere that I have to burn. And, <laughs> and because I've been journaling my whole life and wow. I keep on, I keep on thinking I have to burn all of those before I pass away one day because I don't ever want anybody to read them. And yeah, so that's a reminder for me to do. Yeah. And it's a good way to let go of it too. Right. You know, to really finally. Well, this has been a lot of fun, Lonnie. And I hope for the listeners that, um, you know, I think you've, you've given a lot of really good information to how do I want to say spark, you know, as a, as a spark for people, you know, at this time in our lives, it's, it's not always easy to see the light. I mean, it's one thing after another day after day. It really is chaotic out there. Yeah, it is. And things are constantly changing. We don't know what to expect. It can feel hopeless, you know, especially if you've got kids who are, don't know what to do with themselves now. They're depressed. They're anxious. It's like, how do they go out into the world? And it's, it's very difficult. And sometimes it's just, it's hard to see the silver lining, you know, but so sometimes it's, it takes work. Right. You know, it it takes more work and effort. Mm -hmm. If we all do that and think about raising our frequency, Mm -hmm. right? That's really important. The whole frequency of this planet has to rise. Yes. You know, and I've said this before from my understanding, our galactic brothers and sisters, we can't really join them until we raise our frequency and become a planet of peace. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And there is a full disclosure coming out. We'll leave that for another podcast, but I've got lots to say about our galactic family. Oh, awesome. Well, I definitely want want to uh, talk about that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, until next time, thank you so much, my dear. Yes. Thank you for having me. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you so much, Lonnie Galera, for all that you do for the cause of freedom and just helping to inspire people and helping people to move to the next level. Remember, the podcast website is realjanine.com, and you can listen to slideshow videos on BitChute. Remember to subscribe while you're there, please. Do you know someone who would find my conversation with Lonnie inspiring and empowering? I'm sure you do. 
These are, these are times where everyone needs some inspiration, needs to know that they can make a change in their life if they're not happy and move forward. So please share the love. And until next time, take care and be well.